Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBT WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT Radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and VR WSBT radio app, which you can acquire for free at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT radio. We also have a video stream available on the Twitch app. Eight minutes after five o'clock on this snowy Monday, April the 17th of 2023. Of course, it was 80 degrees last week, snow today. 70 by Wednesday, and then for the blue goal game on Saturday, the forecast as of right now, a 40% chance of rain and a high of 47 degrees. You can hear the blue goal game on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'll have the play-by-play live from Notre Dame Stadium. We'll have a pregame show at 1.30 The game will get underway at 2 o'clock, probably hour and a half, two hours in length. And hopefully we'll have some fun storylines come out of this year's blue goal game. Last year's game came down to the final play, a Steve Angeli game-winning touchdown run. And we'll see what happens this year. If we have a little more drama late in the ball game, I'm sure we'll have some drama in the first half with Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner. We expect both quarterbacks to be in action Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium with the latest installment of the Blue Goal Game. Well, we have plenty to talk about on the program tonight because head coach Marcus Freeman, 
Defensive coordinator Al Golden, offensive coordinator Gerard Parker all met the media on Saturday, and we will get to some of their storylines coming up in just a little bit, including, of course, the quarterback competition. We have a guest on the program at 6.06, Blue and Gold Illustrated's Patrick Engel, who covers the Irish football team and the Irish men's basketball team will join me. Of course, we'll talk spring practice with Patrick and also more news surrounding the Irish men's basketball team today that I want to discuss with Patrick. I'll give you the news coming up here in just a moment in our hat trick of opening topics. We have our standards ready to go, our Twitter question of the day. It focuses on Lorenzo Styles. Our My 5 question of the day, the five biggest winners of the weekend. We'll have some sizzler later on the program as well here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And away we go with our hat trick of opening topics. Topic number one, the Notre Dame quarterback competition. We spent Friday's program discussing the ESPN.com article that had quotes from Sam Hartman, Gerard Parker, and Marcus Freeman in regard to what is now a pretty good quarterback competition brewing. We got into some of the details of Sam Hartman leaving that mesh offense at Wake Forest, shotgun quarterback, not in a huddle. Here at Notre Dame, huddle, under center at times, pro-style offense, a lot to digest. And as you would expect, it's taking some time for Sam to get comfortable, although it sounded like the scrimmage at Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday went pretty well. The quarterbacks did not turn the football over. Sam had a touchdown run to help the offense get the blue jerseys for the blue goal game. And just saw a moment ago that Notre Dame is going to, I guess, stream the draft, which is going to be Thursday at 9.15 a.m., Head coach Marcus Freeman will act as the commissioner. And so we'll find out the teams for the Blue Goal game when that is decided Thursday at 9.15 a.m., I'm assuming, at UND.com. But quarterback competition, Marcus Freeman, offensive coordinator Gerard Parker, discussed that storyline on Saturday following the scrimmage at Notre Dame Stadium. So after seeing his comments on ESPN.com on Friday about the quarterback competition, he mentioned it's probably going to carry over into the fall. Here's what he had to say to the Fighting Irish media and you, the Fighting Irish fans, in regard to Tyler Buckner, Sam Hartman, and a heated-up quarterback competition at the University of Notre Dame. No, no. It was asked me, somebody asked me the same question yesterday. We'll, we'll name a starting quarterback when well, that I was feel. a smart person. <laughs> we'll name a starting quarterback when, you know, I'm fully confident we have a, we, uh, we have one starting quarterback. I think both of them could be starting quarterbacks for us right now. They're both improving and they're both getting better. So if you can have a competition, right, and two guys are getting better, that's what you want, right? That's what you want. And, and, they're both getting better and they're both practicing a high level. So we'll name a starter at some point. I know we have to. I don't plan to, to let this thing go into the season. Um, but at some point, I know we have to name a starter. And we will. All right. So Marcus Freeman on his quarterback competition. When it's time to announce it, he will announce it. Again, 
on the outside looking in just like everybody else. It would be shocking if someone other than Sam Hartman does not start for this football team. Across the pond against Navy, taking out injuries as part of the conversation. Hartman just has a learning curve right now he's going through, and I fully expect him to rise to the challenge. And I'm sure Tyler Buckner will continue to push him along the way. And then you've got Minchie and Angeli. They're kind of on the back burner right now. They're simmering as Gino Gadulli, the new quarterback coach, continues to get those guys farther along in the process. So that's what Freeman had to say about when the starting quarterback might be named. Here is offensive coordinator Gerard Parker offering his thoughts on the competition between Hartman and Buckner. Yeah, I've said it in the time we've had a chance to talk about it. I think that um, for us, the, the development has happened through, uh, one, a really a strong relationship that's being built by the room, you know, through Gino and the guys. And I think, we think as a staff, that's probably the best part, that they've really bonded, which you have to in that room to get things solved. So the development has happened well off the field, which is really helps it. Um, and I said this the other day in another interview, I think this, that anytime you add maturity and guys like Sam Hartman to your program and to that room, all it does is make everybody better. And this Notre Dame has taught me now more than ever, that's what Notre Dame's about. Like we want to put special people in this program from the head coach down. And when you do that, it's the adage that high tide raises all boats. And that is what I've seen and what we've seen as a staff. So. You know, I'm not dodging the question everybody's going to want to ask. The development's been good. Uh, Buckner and Sam have both played a high level. Um, it's great to see Minchie come out today and play some high-level reps as a guy that still should be in high school. And Steve Angeli has really showed some promise in throwing the football as well. So that's really where it is. So all four have developed in their own way. Jared Parker, new offensive coordinator on his quarterbacks. Has anything surprised him this spring in that quarterback room? Um, honestly, usually I would probably say, you know, there would be an honest answer or maybe yes, but not really. You know, it's been um, probably expected Tyler Buckner to be exactly what he's been this spring and more and expected the same of Sam as he's improved, but also had to learn an entirely different, you know, way of life, if you will, in an offensive setting. So to see that progress, um, probably no surprise at this point, honestly. 516 at WSBT, Darren Pritchett, Sports Beat. Here on WSBT Radio, going through some sound from Saturday as the Irish coaches met the media and we're focusing on the comments about the quarterbacks right now in this first set of topics. Finally, Coach Parker on how Sam Hartman has handled this spring. A lot for him to digest, a lot of things to change in his quarterback game. So it's been a busy, busy couple of months including this spring working with brand new teammates and here is Parker how Hartman has handled spring football practice at Notre Dame well his ability and maturity to not panic I think that's the deal like when you uh, when you've been through a lot of fires like he has and when you're in this game as a coach player you you understand that you got to be able to take the breath manage things not ride the wave of emotion and Sam's been able to do that you know he's been able to manage some failures on things that just are going to happen because that's just the growth of learning new and he's managed those and not let himself get too high or too low from them and it's put himself in a position just to keep on getting better and that's you can see that from a veteran guy 
Well, I'm thrilled to have Sam Hartman as part of this program. A huge talent added to that quarterback room. Nothing but a major positive. And I, again, I'm fully convinced things will work out just fine for Sam as he continues to understand this offense. But also going through this process reminds us that hopefully with Marcus Freeman as the head coach, they will not have to dabble into the transfer portal for a quarterback again. In this case, it is awesome to have Sam Hartman as a part of this football team. But Sam Hartman is a part of this football team because there was a time in which Tommy Reese did not bring in championship-level quarterbacks to this program. There's a hole right now. He's gone to Alabama, and the hole was filled by Sam Hartman. Now, with Marcus Freeman in charge of this football program, and with Tommy Reese working for him, C.J. Carr is a commitment to Notre Dame, a high-end quarterback that many hope will turn into a championship quarterback. Marcus Freeman and C.J. Carr, from what we've read and been told, have an extremely strong relationship. So my best guess to you is Marcus Freeman brought out the best in Tommy Reese, maybe in a way that Brian Kelly was unable to, or maybe the standard wasn't the same. Whatever the case may be, there's nothing wrong getting players from the transfer portal. If you can fill holes, it's awesome. Like at safety, there might be an addition at safety in the transfer portal spring process, which would be great. My point is, if you recruit well enough at the quarterback position, you're going to have guys ready when it's their time. That's what you're looking to do. And if you add another CJ card type in the 24 class, and now look what you're building. Even though there could be a really good quarterback out there to grab in the portal, you may not have to even worry about it because you got guys are growing in the system. Sam's learning on the fly this new system. It would be nice if this happens when a freshman early enrollee quarterback comes to town, learning everything they need to know about this offense, learning things about the quarterback position they never could have learned in high school. So let's just assume here that Marcus Freeman, with the way he attacks recruiting, we may not have to worry about a transfer quarterback coming in for a while. And if one is brought in, maybe it's to be a number two or three. Who knows? I don't think that's likely. But hopefully that's what we're talking about. You'd love to have guys growing in the system, and when someone is off to the NFL or is out of eligibility, boom, next guy growing in the system, understands it, doesn't miss a beat, as they get their opportunity to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. I think definitely times have changed with quarterback recruiting. It's been, I'm probably overstating a failure. That's probably too strong. But how about this? It's been not to standard and disappointing until Marcus Freeman took over this program and got more out of Tommy Reese as a recruiter. And now you got Gino Gadouli and Gerard Parker working as a team as they work on bringing in the next quarterback in the class of 2024 while continuing. Hey, you have to continue to recruit guys until they sign, and that's C.J. Carr in the 23 class. 
Hat trick of opening topics number two. Lorenzo Styles. Boy, have we talked about him a lot the last couple of years. Late in his freshman campaign, broke out as a wide receiver, had the eight-catch game in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State, had a touchdown in that game. Most of us thought he was going to be the number one wide receiver in 2022. Didn't work out. Had drops, had an inconsistent year. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, I believe in Lorenzo Styles. He is capable of being a go-to wide receiver on this football team. But the media had the chance to watch a little practice, and Lorenzo Styles had a snap at cornerback. Well, that catches your attention. Now, he was an awfully good corner in high school. And with the inconsistencies at wide receiver and receivers growing right now at a rapid pace... You know, there is a pretty good chance that if the season started tomorrow, Lorenzo Styles may not be one of the starting wide receivers. You could argue it's Tobias Merriweather, Jaden Thomas, and heck, Chris Tyree might be your slot receiver for the opening game. If Lorenzo Styles is not in the number one unit, is it worth looking at him at corner? Absolutely. A tremendous athlete. Again, showed his skill set at corner in high school. You wonder, is there a possibility he could help out at safety this year? With numbers there, a little shaky. But it sounds like there is a chance. There's a chance he might move to corner. Now, Marcus Freeman... Said in the blue goal game, he might go Charles Woodson, play a couple of different positions, corner and wide receiver. But this is kind of up for grabs at this particular time. Did anybody see this coming? This is a very interesting development. Can Lorenzo Stiles help this football team as a defensive player? Marcus Freeman was asked about Stiles lining up at cornerback and... What should we take from that? What, how much did you guys see him in DB the other day in practice? One play? One play. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. That's, um, he, he's kind of experimenting a little bit with him. Um, you know, I think he has a lot of uh, athletic abilities um, that could really help us on both sides of the ball. The problem is he hasn't spent much time in the defensive film room with the defensive coaches. And so we said in one-on-ones, hey, every once in a while, go get a rep of, of DB. And the one rep he got the other day was a really good rep. And I, and I told him, like, hold on now. Like, this road to, to where you want to go is bumpy on either side of the ball, right? It isn't always going to be that easy. But um, we're, we're kind of experimenting with him on both sides. Um, he'll probably get a little bit more DB work next, year, next week. And then um, I foresee him in the spring game probably playing a little bit on both sides. Today was all receiver. Today he always played was receiver. If I could, I apologize. But uh, whose idea was that? I mean, did you go to him or him? Um, it was my, you know, coming from my background, I told him I see a lot of traits that he possesses that really could resonate on the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
but I want it to be his decision. I want him to feel good about, you know, what position he's playing. And, and so I said, hey, if you want to experiment a little bit, play a little bit of DB on one-on-ones, like play man. And now he did it in high school. And I know a lot of people from where he's from in Columbus, Ohio, and they said he was a dang good DB in high school. And so I've always just kind of, you know, put that carrot in his ear. Um, but it was him ultimately to say, okay, hey, I want to try it. I want to I want to try it, Coach. I know you've said it and you said it. Um, and we'll see after next week what we decide to do with him. Hmm. What do you think, folks? That's quite an interesting development. I don't think in any stretch of the imagination they are giving up on Lorenzo Styles as a wide receiver. He still is someone that could develop into the type of player that I think he can be. But based on what he showed in high school, the traits that he might be able to bring to the cornerback position, it is a very interesting thought for Marcus Freeman. So Al Golden's the defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, this great athlete you've gone against in practice at wide receiver might be jumping to your side of the football. Now, Al Golden doesn't get head over heels excited about many things publicly, talking to the media. But listen to this comment. He was asked about the possibility of Styles moving to corner. And at the end of this comment, you can tell he's a little giddy thinking about that possibility. We would, yeah, I mean, obviously we'd love to have him. That's the head coach's decision. But if, if that's the direction it goes here in the next, you know, 24, 48 hours, then, uh, then we'll get to work with him. Love the young man. Um, saw him twice yesterday, once on campus uh, walking, and then I saw him at dinner last night. So um, maybe it is a... Maybe that's a good sign for us. I don't know. But uh, uh, probably corner. Probably corner. But tremendous young man and uh, deserving of an opportunity to make an impact. I mean, he will, he, he will do that. I promise you. He's a great kid. Wow. There you go. It's a sign, Coach. It's a sign. You ran into him twice. <laughs> well, we'll find out very soon the decision of the coaching staff who gets him. Now, Marcus Freeman mentioned – During his comments on Saturday in the Blue Goal game, he'll probably play wide receiver and corner. So we probably are going to get a little look at what Styles looks like at the cornerback position. This has caught my attention, and I'm kind of wishing for once, maybe I could just watch that rather than watching the football calling the play-by-play. Hey, I'm not going to pass up doing the play-by-play. That's pretty cool. But I would like to watch and focus in on Styles at corner to see what he can show us. You can never, ever, ever have enough cornerbacks. Now, short term, I would be intrigued if he could help out at safety, but I do understand long term and maybe beyond college, cornerback would be his calling. So Lorenzo Styles, offense or defense? Part of the fun of the spring. You see things that are tried, and sometimes they look really, really good. Sometimes you're like, throw that in the pile. That didn't work. But Styles at defensive back, let's see if the Irish have found something. And our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight, we've got some Notre Dame basketball news this evening. Comings and goings, I guess. We'll start with the goings. The Notre Dame men's basketball team, their new head coach is Micah Shrewsbury. He's on the phone nonstop. He was on the program Monday talking about he is on the phone talking to players in the portal, 
recruits trying to rebuild this Fighting Irish basketball program. We started the weekend with five players on the roster for this fall. We're down to four because on social media this afternoon, Van Allen Lubin announced he's going to the transfer portal. A four-star player coming out of high school, the sophomore-to-be, had a solid freshman season. Started the season a little banged up. Ended up averaging 17 minutes per ball game, averaged 6.2 points and 4.4 rebounds. Came out with a very short statement. He's going to head to the portal and see what else is out there. I know Virginia Tech was one of the schools that he picked Notre Dame over. We'll see if Van Allen Lubin stays in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So, yes, with Van Allen Lubin jumping into the portal, Micah Shrewsbury cannot field a team unless you're the Hickory Huskers. My team's on the floor. I got four. Let's go with it. The four players right now on the Notre Dame basketball roster, Tony Sanders, Matt Zona, J.R. Konezny, of course, has been in the program a couple of years out of South Bend St. Joe, redshirted last year. And the only signee right now in this current class, Penn High School's Marcus Burton. Sanders, Zona, Konezny, Burton. That's your four right now. Players to come, I'm sure very quickly. Coach Shrewsbury will have some announcements coming of transfer portal players joining this Fighting Irish basketball program. But that's it, friends. That's your team as of right now. So when we talk about a total rebuild, I think that definitely validates that statement. I mean, you're talking about three guys and an incoming freshman. No one has averaged over more than seven minutes per game. In their career. Now, Zona showed us something in the ACC tournament. He got going a little bit offensively, but a lot of parts needed before the Irish take the floor for the first time right around November the 6th. So, Van Allen Lubin of the Fighting Irish is now in the transfer portal. And finally, we've got some good news. A coming as the Notre Dame women's basketball team has picked up a player out of the transfer portal. And her name is Anna DeWolf. She was Miss Maine basketball in 2019. Played three terrific years at Fordham. Jumped into the portal looking to up the competition level. And she has joined the Fighting Irish. So this is actually, excuse me, her graduate year of college basketball. She's played four years. She's a 5'8 guard out of Cumberland, Maine. Three-time All-Atlantic 10 selection. She was the Atlantic 10 Co-Player of the Year in 2021. Last season, she was 32nd in the nation in scoring at 18.4 points per game. As a senior last year, 41% of her field goal attempts found the bottom of the net, made 79 three-point shots, and posted a career-high 83 assists. Now, you look at four years of basketball for DeWolf at Fordham. In 36 minutes of action, she started 109 of 111 collegiate games, 17 points per game, 40% from the field, 
33% from the three-point line and 83% from the charity stripe. Notre Dame has an extremely talented roster, but they could definitely use a whole lot of improvement with outside shooting. They need more ability to knock down some three-point shots, and maybe DeWolf is the answer or part of the equation to get things settled in that particular area. 1,883 points in her career, so DeWolf joins the Fighting Irish, a team that is losing Dara Mabry, who could hit threes. So maybe DeWolf falls right into that category. You've got Citron, Westbell, Miles coming back from the knee injury. you got a very, very talented group. Four or five starters return, and now you add a player who has been a three-time All-Atlantic 10 selection in Anna DeWolf. She's only 5'8", but hey, knockdown shots for me, I'll take it. And interestingly enough, her first collegiate game was against Notre Dame, and it's the most assists she has ever had in a game with nine. Now she'll be assisting Fighting Irish players when they open their season November 6th in Paris, France against South Carolina. That's a pretty good tool to use in recruiting here out of the portal. By the way, Anna, we're going to play in Paris first game of next year. You want to join us? Yes, indeed. We'll take it. Neil Ivey, the head coach of the Fighting Irish, here, quote, on adding DeWolf, quote, we are so excited to welcome Anna to our Notre Dame family. She will bring experience and a dynamic skill set that will translate well into our system. She is a competitive combo guard with an incredible motor. What I love the most about Anna is her work ethic, toughness, and passion for the game. She matches our team's identity perfectly. So add her to your roster. The Notre Dame women's basketball team brings in grad student Fordham guard Anna DeWolf. It is 536 on your home of the Fighting Irish, and that's our hat trick of opening topics tonight. The Notre Dame quarterback competition. What will the Irish do with Lorenzo Styles? And Notre Dame basketball news, Van Allen Lubin to the portal. Irish women's basketball team grabs out of the porta, portal excuse me, Fordham guard Anna DeWolf. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk more Notre Dame football with Patrick Engel from Blue and Gold Illustrated in approximately 30 minutes. Coming up next, our Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. is the Budweiser's weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 541, Darren Pritchett with you. Friday, our Twitter question of the day was available on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. The question was, would you like to see college football teams have the opportunity in the spring or the fall to work out against another team or Heck, maybe even play a preseason game. I offered you four choices. Choice number one was no to everything I said about going up against another opponent. Choice number two, a controlled spring scrimmage against an opposing team. Choice number three, a controlled fall scrimmage versus an opposing team. And your fourth choice 
that Division I teams would play a preseason football game in August against another school. Well, the voting was interesting. I'm actually surprised. I thought playing a preseason game would interest a lot of people. From the group of people who voted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat, they have no interest whatsoever. In fact, we had a tie for third controlled fall scrimmage versus an opposing team in a preseason game in August. Both got 10% of the vote. So I can tell you don't want anything to do with the possibility of a Notre Dame player, in this case, getting injured in a meaningless game against another opponent that, heck, I don't know, maybe you don't trust. Who knows? But that idea got a major thumbs down from the Sportspeed followers. Second place in the voting. No to both choices of a spring or fall workout against another team or a preseason game. So 22% again, no thank you. Winning the vote was a controlled spring scrimmage versus an opposing team. So I'm assuming that one, because A, you'd like to see another opponent go up against the Irish. Number two, if someone gets dinged up, they've got four months to recover before the season opener. Now, I'm assuming the scrimmage would never be witnessed by the public. It would be private, so if you're voting on this thinking you might see it, I'm guessing no. You think about the National Football League. Those are not shown on TV. Now, the NFL Network might be at camps, and they'll show some very tight shots of the action, not showing complete formations on either side of the football. So you're probably not going to see it. It's just an opportunity for, in this case, the Irish coaches get some film of their players going up against another team. So 58% say, you know what? I'll take a controlled spring scrimmage versus an opposing team. I wonder if we took this to another level, if we said you could have a controlled spring scrimmage against an opposing team, but, for example, the spring game goes away. I wonder if that would change the vote. We thank you for voting. And we've got today's question already posted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We just had a discussion about this in our opening segment. The Irish coaching staff kicking around the idea of Lorenzo Styles, Maybe not being a wide receiver this year. Could move to the defensive side of the football. So we ask, what position would you like to see Notre Dame play wide receiver Lorenzo Styles this year? Your three choices, wide receiver, cornerback, where he has apparently dabbled a little bit this spring. And I threw this out there, like I mentioned in the opening segment. There's not a lot of depth at safety. Would he help there? All right, so where would you like to see Styles play this year? Receiver, cornerback, or safety? And again, you're surprising me. The early voting is not going the way I suspected. We'll give you the full results on tomorrow's program. I'd love for you to vote. Leave a message on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Where would you like to see Lorenzo Styles play this year? Receiver, corner, or safety? Defensive coordinator Al Golden talked about his unit on Saturday. We'll bring you some of his comments coming up next. 14 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat 
on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett, Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the Family Inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at BeatIndiana.org. And by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. We continue on with Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Al Golden, Fighting Irish Defensive Coordinator, year number two. He met the media on Saturday. And one of the early questions was a very important question. So what does your defensive line look like as we're starting to wind down spring practice? You think about safeties, you think about defensive line, two of the bigger question marks on this Fighting Irish football team. Isaiah Foskey, the all-time sack leader in Notre Dame history, is getting ready for the NFL draft. Jordan Botello might be your top candidate to take his spot. You got Riley Mills, who's played really well. He's going to be more than likely a defensive tackle. So the Irish are going to be bringing in a lot of new bodies into the rotation. That two groups of defensive linemen that you need to have success at the highest level. So here's Coach Golden on his new look defensive line and what he's picked up about them so far this spring. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Botello stepping into a bigger role, Junior stepping into a bigger role. Burnham has done a nice job. Um, you know, inside, um, Anya has, has made progress, which is great. Heinish has made progress. So, I mean, th- there's a bunch of guys battling there. And uh, in, there's still time. We have a couple other guys that we need to, to step up. Um, JJB has made a big difference at the end. Him and Nana are doing a great job there. And, and, and uh, uh, Baptiste is doing a great job learning the defense. So that's that's been positive, too. Yeah, you look at nose guard, some interesting names there. Howard Cross, Gabe Rubio, Jason Onye, who apparently is coming on strong. And then that field end spot. You've got a familiar face in Nana Osafa-Mensa. And then the Ohio State grad transfer that Coach Golden mentioned is Javante Jean-Baptiste. So names that are familiar, but they're going to have to step up their abilities because their roles are getting bigger this year with the Adamiola's gone, Foskey gone. A lot of key players from that front moving on from college football. Now let's go to the back end. I mentioned the safety position a couple of times on the show already. You know, that is a position that Notre Dame has had some really good football players recently, of course, led by Kyle Hamilton. But you look right now, D.J. Brown, Xavier Watts might be the leaders in the clubhouse to be your starting safeties. 
Converted corner, Ramon Henderson is still at safety. The freshman, Ben Minich, did some really good things early in practice. He injured his thumb, needed a procedure done. He is done for the rest of spring. You've got a Don Schuler, the freshman. Maybe he's a factor later on this year. Thomas Harper probably is your nickel. He comes from Oklahoma State. So there's not a lot of depth right now, or should I say proven depth, at the safety position. Both head coach Marcus Freeman and defensive coordinator Al Golden were asked about the safety spots on Saturday. And I think they answered the depth part a little differently. But here first is Marcus Freeman on the safety positions. It's great, the depth. I mean, to have three guys um, at any moment that can that we rotate. Coach Golden does something really cool. And, and for the first couple of days, uh, really all the practices, he's kind of have a different starting lineup. And, and part of that is, is Xavier Watts at safety, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown. And um, those guys, all three of them are practicing at a high level. And then you get a guy like uh, Ben Minnick, you know, who, who practiced probably for eight practices. And then he had a, uh, a procedure on his thumb that he'll won't, he won't finish spring um, on a practice field. But it, it's really good to see. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any Marty Hour. Is there any other safeties I'm forgetting? No, you know, um, but it's really good to see those three that I was talking about, right? DJ, Ramon, and Xavier really all play with the ones, really all continue to improve and, and, and practice at a high level. So Mark has talked at first about he liked the depth, and he was talking about three guys' depth. Now here's Al Golden going a little deeper into the conversation. In fact, he was asked if there is any possibility – that you might have to jump into the transfer portal to gain a little more depth at the safety position. Here's defensive coordinator Al Golden on the safeties. Depth, depth is a concern, and then uh, obviously at at safety, you know, with Harp out and Minnick out, um, you know, and then Cam out at corner. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys at corner that could help us at safety too in a, in a dual capacity. So um, we're we're stressed we're stressed right now on the back end number-wise, so uh, we got some help, uh, you know, coming and, and obviously getting these guys healthy is going to be huge. I did want to ask you about corners. Which ones might uh, dabble a little bit at safety, and will you look at, will the transfer, could the transfer portal come and play upon the conclusion? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We haven't had those discussions yet, you know. Um, right now, we're just trying to evaluate today and, and, and see where we're at, but um, clearly, number-wise, we still need help, and, and um uh, you know, Barnes has been training a little bit at safety as well, so that, that helps. Well, if you're going to dream about getting back to the college football playoffs, hey, a lot of things, many things have to fall into place. But in terms of unproven parts of the football team, those two spots we just talked about are going to be crucial. So we'll see what Al Golden and his coaching staff can get out of this group this year. They've got some pretty interesting teams to go up against on the schedule this year. Hey, we're not taking pressure off the offense. They still have to put up some big numbers this year. But in terms of question marks, hey, defensive line safety has those. And if they answer them, then game on here in South Bend. 5.57 is our time. A sports update is coming up in a moment. Then more Notre Dame football spring talk with Blue and Gold's Patrick Engel. He also covers Irish basketball. And we'll talk about Van Allen Lubin entering the portal today. And the Irish basketball team currently has four players 
on the roster. That conversation's coming up from Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home for Saturday's Blue Goal game. Coverage starts at 1.30 here on WSBT South Bend. Well, coming up this Saturday, looks like a 40% chance of rain and a high of 47 degrees for the Blue Goal game from Notre Dame Stadium as the Fighting Irish football team will wrap up spring practice. We will have the play-by-play of the Blue Goal game once again here on WSBT Radio. I'm looking forward to calling the action for you. Pre-game at 1.30, game time, 2 o'clock. I'm assuming we've probably got about two hours of football coming away, and heck, it's going to be pretty intriguing. Two quarterbacks in the competition likely will play. You've got the opportunity to see if Lorenzo Styles plays more at wide receiver or corner. That's just a couple of the major storylines for Saturday's Blue Goal game to talk some football and eventually a little Irish hoops. We call upon Patrick Engel, who covers both for Blue and Gold Illustrated blueandgold.com. Patrick, good to be with you today on a a snowy Monday after it was 80 degrees last week. How are you today? Doing great, Darren. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you so much for your time. Let me just get your thoughts, your input on what you have witnessed so far this spring from the two quarterbacks, the transfers, Sam Hartman, and also Tyler Buckner. I know your colleague Tyler Horka was on the program last week, and he kind of felt like that, heck, maybe Buckner's playing even a little better right now, but considering Sam's going through a major change in so many things, learning this brand-new offense. And, heck, Ty, or Patrick, it's you got to think about it. He hasn't been under center, doing the dropbacks, being in a huddle. There's a lot of things he's learning on the fly right now. Absolutely, and that's exactly what I would characterize, what we've seen through uh, a couple of the practices that we've gotten to uh, watch in full uh, in the last month. And – just kind of a reminder of there really is a lot of newness, not only just on the offense as a whole, but with Hartman in particular, like you mentioned, with uh, taking some snaps uh, under center, doing the the check with me, scan offense kind of thing, working with new receivers, uh, offensive line that's breaking into new guards. Like the, the kind of stuff that uh, you kind of realize might take more than nine practices because the, one, the last one we saw was practice nine, or even 15 practices to really – fully sort out and and that's why I look at it like um even though like yes that's what's happened where Tyler Buckner just simply played better than him uh in the last one we saw that was April 12th but I don't know that it has to force some big rethink or uh new discussion on like oh you know how much of a like is this how much is it throwing the competition for a loop or whatever just because you no matter what Hartman was going to get a long runway to prove himself. And if it's kind of a thing where the staff is seeing a lot of the same things that kind of look like they're just stuff that might come with time, then he's going to get that time to prove himself. So I don't know that the the takeaway from this is to go all of a sudden like, oh, does Buckner have to go into the offseason as QB1 or whatnot? But just, no, it's a a kind of a thing where you're just going to continue to let it play out and, no matter what, you know, forget the QB 2023 thing. No matter what, you wanted to see Buckner get better because yeah. you're still looking at him even if he doesn't start this year as a guy who might be a multi-year starter after 2023 if indeed Hartman ends up starting. 
Patrick, if the perception of many is that the defense is a little ahead of the offense as of right now, how would you sum up what you have seen so far from the offense considering the opportunities you've had this spring to watch practice? Yeah, I definitely think it is ahead of it. And maybe that shouldn't be as much of a surprise when you have a returning coordinator back for the first time since 2019 and 20 and three returning linebackers back, uh, uh, All-American corner, a freshman All-American corner who looks like he could be a regular All-American uh, this time next year. So in that sense, it's not as much of a surprise, even with a defensive line that's kind of getting a major retool up there where you've seen some good things from uh, Jordan Batelho and, and some of the other uh, defensive line when they've gone two-on-twos and some of those less experienced guys. So, yeah, I definitely think that that's, the case and even with that I think the most interesting part of it is how Marcus Freeman has responded to that and responded to at least what we've seen some sessions where it's been a lot of third down packages and blitz packages that you know make a a hard acclimation even harder for the offense and his response hasn't been like all right to go tell Golden hey rein it in a little bit uh that's that's let the offense catch up no you have to learn from maybe stuff that's it's not quite as linear a process where instead of learning and building on little bits of progress and results each day, it's all you have to learn from a period where blitzes get the better of you. And whether that is the offensive line picking them up or from Hartman, uh, those speeding him up where uh, he hurries a throw or he takes a little bit longer to process it and it leads to a, a later throw or an off target throw. That's what Freeman's really challenging those guys to do. And, it's not necessarily something that sets up uh, a thing that's going to give you consistent results and good outcome, but he seems pretty comfortable with that in the spring. And that's in one in a sense, if there's a time to do it, it's certainly spring practice where the runway for uh, less conventional uh, learning process is a little bit longer than it would be in August when you're kind of up against the clock to get the results there because that's what matters in the fall, bar none. Patrick Engel covers the Fighting Irish, a writer at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Read his work at blueandgold.com. So if I told you the Irish were going to play a real football game tomorrow, and I told you the starting wide receivers would be Merriweather, Thomas, and Tyree, would you buy that? What would you change? I would consider maybe Deion Colsey in there over – Chris Tyree, but I think okay. that rotate just because that's the the unit that when we first saw eleven on eleven in the last practice we were at, that's what it was. But I think you're going to see a lot of Tyree, and uh, we've seen Jaden Thomas in the slot, uh, and that's what he was in that grouping that I just described with Colsey uh, there on the boundary and Merriweather on the field side. But those guys have all going to move around a lot. Where Thomas certainly has the kind of the contested catchability to go play out there on the boundary, and we've seen him do that. So no, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to roll that out there, say, if tomorrow's practice was fully open to us, which it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's uh, certainly a group that if it's not, say, the starters, one you're going to see a lot, and as evidenced by uh, a little clip that Notre Dame shared at, from its uh, scrimmage highlights on Saturday and what Marcus Freeman uh, talked to us about on Saturday was Hartman going to Tyree for what was actually a really good contested catch down the sideline late in that scrimmage. So seemingly Tyree getting a lot of uh, trust there from, from Hartman and kind of moving up as he just gets more reps under his belt there uh, as a receiver. 
Now, during Saturday's press conferences, I think I'm correct about this, you asked Al Golden a question about the progress of the defensive line. For me, Patrick, it is my biggest question mark on how far this football team can grow this year and how far they can go down the line is how good this defensive line is going to be. You lose your all-time sack leader, and they're just on the surface doesn't appear to be that guy ready to take hold and Maybe grab eight, nine sacks for this football team. Maybe it'll be by committee. Who knows? I'd like to get your thoughts on where you think this defensive line is right now as we head down the stretch of spring practice. Yeah, I, I feel better about its ability to ro- uh, rotate eight, maybe nine, but definitely eight guys. Okay. Like, all right, these guys belong in a power five defensive line rotation and one that can be pretty good. Like you said, and this is still, I think, the biggest question for me on defense is I'm not really sure how many of those guys are going to be game changers, impact players weekly uh, in and out there, like we saw from Isaiah Foskey uh, last year. I think Jordan Batelho's had some flashes there, but that's still maybe not quite uh, those just dominant stretches where it's like, all right, this is just an imminent breakout. Although, in fairness, uh, you're going up against Blake Fisher and Joe Alden practice every day. That does not lend itself to breakout performances because, you know, we're talking about two guys that might be three and done NFL draft picks a year from now. And guys who held their own against Foskey in the last couple of uh, training camps that we saw. And obviously uh, that was not an impediment to Foskey going out and getting 11 sacks. So maybe a little bit of that is just, you know, the setting where Patelho uh, working there against maybe the best tackle that he's going to see on the entire schedule this year, uh, better than you'll see on the 12, Notre Dame's 12 game schedule this year. But yeah, still kind of a question of, all right, what's really the ceiling or how high can this group achieve? But I feel better about its baseline of, all right, that second team looks like a, a credible unit with Junior Tui Alamaka's uh, emergence and kind of settling in there as the number two Viper and Jason Anya kind of going from that guy who came in as a project and figured he'd need a couple of years to someone who's uh, not only the motor looks good like it did a year ago, but just more consistent and at the point of attack there and getting in the backfield. So I like what I've seen from that second unit is just finding guys they can trust. And I think it's a good thing that they seem to have done that pretty quickly in the spring. But again, we'll, we'll see just exactly how high that thing can really reach. And that's again, still yeah. my biggest question there. Maybe given again, the tackles are going against, not quite clear uh, what <laughs> yeah. that answer will be until you get in, into the season. Yeah, it'll be downhill from spring practice for the, the defensive ends going up against Alt and Fisher. He's Patrick Engel from Blue and Gold Illustrated. I guess there's always hot topics on message boards, and a big theme this year is the young linebackers versus the veteran linebackers. I mean, you've got some really interesting young linebackers pushing the starters, you got Bertrand, Kaiser, and Leofow. You got the young guys, Sneed, Collie, and Ziegler. Honestly, Patrick, I think you're really going to see all those guys probably on the field. There's going to be packages for everybody. Sometimes maybe we get too hyped up about starters on defense because depending on the package, you're probably going to have different personnel. Your thoughts on the linebacking core? Yeah, it was interesting to hear Al Golden say all, the, all three of those guys, uh, Sneed, Ziegler, and uh, Kali, were in the rotation, as he put it, which 
six linebackers is really more than they used in rotation a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Tui Alamaka started, but that was when Bertrand was out. Sneed played. That was in only really in the, the Gator Bowl and still took a red shirt. So I'm not entirely sure they're actually going to have like a six-man rotation out there. But like you said, I think there's some room for a couple packages with those guys, whether it's you saw some Jalen Sneed on third down, maybe he's kind of a, on the line of scrimmage or a rusher uh, type of guy in, in a sim- actually a similar role where – uh, Golden mentioned they have used and still want to continue to use uh, Maris Leofow there on third down packages and, and blitz packages. So maybe that's kind of a spot for Sneed there is like what we saw him use in the Gator Bowl. Uh, Ziggler, maybe uh, a guy who you see in the dime package or the nickel package as a linebacker in there just with his athleticism and you know, background as a receiver and a safety uh, if you want him to really be able to drop back into coverage. Uh, we've seen him up on the line there uh, in a few of those. So kind of thinking that that's maybe what the staff has in mind there, even though probably going to need to see a little bit more from him as far as pass rush moves and versatility, if that's going to be, you know, he's going to be a really effective blitzer. And then Kali or uh, Ziggler or whoever, but mainly Kali, I think is, all right, we saw him kind of in and out and in and out last year as all right, clearly some athletic gifts here, but uh, didn't quite have the same equity as Maris Leofow in terms of like understanding maybe what he's doing out there. Like we saw Marcus mm-hmm. uh, after, one series in the Gator Bowl kind of seemed to remind him of, all right, you should have been here on this play. Or I, I never actually got the clarity on what it was, but just from the press box, that looked like kind of the message he was relaying to him there. And I think uh, it's still kind of underestimated that the equity Leofau has with the staff, but ultimately Notre Dame still needs better production than it got from that will linebacker spot in 2023. And if Collie is someone who can give them that and still kind of earn the trust of like, he's going to be assignment sound, then I think you'll see him out there maybe, in a uh, more consistent role than he was uh, a year ago. But, uh, of course, that would also uh, need to have a little bit of things go his way with maybe Leofau not quite as uh, progressing in the way that maybe uh, they would want to see him do that. But, yeah, I-, I think there's a way where all six or all three in, of the younger guys and all six total find their way on the field, even if it's not, say, a, all right, number one and number two Mike play in the base defense all the time. Number one and number two will play in the base. And same thing goes with Rover. But I, I think based on a little bit of what we've seen and then kind of going back last year to the, the Gator Bowl with Snead, there's a chance where they can kind of work all, all of those guys in there just in different packages and, and situations. Quickly to basketball, Vin Allen Lubin announced on social media he is jumping into the transfer portal, which means as of right now, Patrick, Micah Shrewsbury has – Four players on his roster, Tony Sanders, Matt Zona, J.R. Konezny, and the newcomer, Marcus Burton. First, just let me get your thoughts on what the Irish are losing in Van Allen Lubin. I actually had a hard time trying to figure out what he might become down the line, so I'm just going to get your thoughts on what you think the Irish are losing in Van Allen Lubin. Yeah, I think they're losing really the only guy who's played extended minutes of the four guys plus Marcus Burton who incoming freshman Marcus Burton that is uh, who Shrewsbury inherited and that's that's tough and uh, certainly a guy you wanted to keep around with with uh, his kind of strength uh, that uh, you saw and the rebounding ability that he had uh, a guy who wasn't really a post player in high school but seemed to have some uh, room to add there just based on what little bit you saw usage from him uh, in his one year at Notre Dame so yeah a tough one to lose and a guy who you figured might be a kind of a centerpiece, building block, whatever term you want to use for it in the early Shrewsbury years here. So uh, tough, tough one there. And that he was the only guy in the roster that averaged 
over 6.9 minutes per game in eight a season, which Matt Zona, Tony Sanders, and J.R. Konechny in eight combined seasons uh, have not done in an individual season. So really it kind of underscores that Shrewsbury's building this thing absolutely from the ground up, and there's going to be almost no resemblance if indeed Lucas uh, goes elsewhere and transfers elsewhere uh, to the last Mike Gray team that we saw last year, which obviously is kind of the point of making a change. And, you know, that team lost 21 games, so <laughs> you're not exactly trying to run a lot of it back. But, man, it's it's hard to build a thing on the fly. And, yeah, you can look at a Kansas State example where the entire roster is transfers and uh, year one of a, a new coach and they're in the Elite Eight. But a couple of things there. One, it's harder to get all those guys in without needing to lean on the undergrad route. And uh, I know that's, you know, a little bit harder at Notre Dame than it is at some other places. And then Marquise Noel, the star of that team, uh, he was the one guy that was inherited, even though he transferred earlier. That guy yeah. is not among those four uh, players now uh, that Shrewsbury has to work with. So still kind of a thing that's an exception rather than the rule. So it's, it's going to be, you're going to see a lot of additions here. And really, it's for better or worse, a chance for Shrewsbury to build this thing in the image that you want to do. All right, Patrick, why don't you remind Irish fans with the Blue Goal game coming up on Saturday what they might get if they become a subscriber at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Yeah, you'll find all of our pre-in-game and post-game coverage uh, from it. I will not be there in person, but I'll still be covering remotely and for my blueandgold.com colleagues. That will be at the game that day. Uh, you'll still find our – we've still got a couple more media availabilities this week with corners and receivers all of our stories from that, all of our pre- preview content for the game, and as well as uh, a lot, uh, several days' worth of uh, analysis, what we've learned, takeaways, all those kinds of things in the days following the game. You can get it all on blueandgold.com right now. Very good. He is Patrick Engel. Follow him at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. So I guess I won't say I'll see you on Saturday, but I'll see you sometime soon, and hopefully we can chat next week to get your thoughts on what you witnessed in the Blue Gold game. Absolutely, Darren. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Patrick, have a great day. You too, Darren. That's Patrick Engel, Notre Dame writer for Notre Dame football and Irish men's basketball. He had an interesting story about some possible portal players for the Notre Dame men's basketball team. Check that out and all the football coverage at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. It is 627 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. your host, Darren Pritchett. 634 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hope you enjoyed a little football conversation with Patrick Engel from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I had to send a direct message over to Ken Fox from the Elkhart Truth because I was looking at the Indiana Baseball Coaches Association state rankings for this week they came out within the last hour or so and first off I was noticing only one area school is ranked this week and it's New Prairie ranked I think it was number six 
in Class 3A, and I went to 4A because, obviously, the defending state champion, Penn Kingsman, are in that class, and they've lost a couple of games early on this spring, but they're in the receiving votes category, and a team a couple of spots ahead of them that received more votes than Penn kind of surprised me. And the school that received more votes in 4A than Penn was Elkhart Central High School. So I asked, Ken, is there another Elkhart Central downstate that I'm not familiar of? All he could think of, maybe someone got Evansville Central and Elkhart Central confused. So in the latest baseball poll, Elkhart Central, who does not exist anymore, has more votes in the coaches poll than the defending state champion, Penn Kingsman. So congratulations to Elkhart Central. They have not given up a run this year, and obviously a couple of coaches are impressed by that, and they ranked Elkhart Central in their ranking. Second of all, why is Elkhart Central still a choice to be voted on by the coaches? Well, Many people say the North gets no respect. Well, I guess one team got respect that doesn't exist anymore, so I guess we'll take it. All right, 636 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's a Monday, so our My Five Question of the Day, the five biggest winners of the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We'll start with Deanna Gump's Notre Dame softball team. The Irish took two out of three games from nationally ranked Virginia Tech. The Hokies were ranked number 14 in the country last week. In Friday's 6-1 win, Jolie Mitchell went one for three with a run and two RBI for the Irish. And then in game two Saturday, a game that the Irish won 11-3, Mitchell went three for four. Two runs scored and four driven in. The Irish now in the ACC. They've got a record of 9-8-1 after taking two out of three from number 14, Virginia Tech. Four. The fourth biggest winner of the weekend will go with South Bend Cubs outfielder Kevin Alcantara. And he is the number three prospect in the Chicago Cubs Organization. If you have a chance to go to Four Winds Field this year, you will see Kevin. He is tall and he is lanky, and the ball explodes off his bat. Another exciting outfield prospect in the Cubs system. And he had his breakout game at the high A level with South Bend on Saturday. Alcantara went three for four, two doubles, his first high A home run, and he scored four times. The homer came in the bottom of the fifth inning as he drilled the ball over the left center field fence. So Kevin Alcantara, a guy to watch out for, along with Brennan Davis, Pete Crow, Armstrong, and Owen Cassie, four outfield prospects right now in the Cubs system. Okay, okay, Uh, number three. Five biggest winners of the weekend. Up next, the Toronto Blue Jays. They took two out of three games from the Tampa Bay Rays at the Rogers Center over the weekend. That's important because the Rays were trying to run and hide in the AL East. Entering that three-game set at Toronto, the Rays were 13-0 and five games ahead of the Blue Jays for the top spot 
in the American League East. There's three pretty good teams in that AL East, Tampa, Toronto, and New York. Baltimore's much more competitive than they have been in the last few years. Boston, not very good this year. But the Rays, hey, it's a long season, 162 games, but you don't want them to get too far out in front. So the Jays at least slowed down Tampa for the weekend, allowing the Jays and the Yankees to remain within yelling distance of the boys from the Sunshine State. Number two. Second biggest winner of the weekend, Matthew Fitzpatrick on the PGA Tour. The RBC Heritage down in Hilton Head is a designated event. That means the best of the best on the PGA Tour play in this event. There's more money at stake. This is the best field the Heritage has had in years. Many times being the week after the Masters, players are exhausted, putting all their efforts into the first major of the year. They take the week off. Not the case. The leaderboard was stacked on Sunday. You had Fitzpatrick, Jordan Spieth. You had Patrick Cantley. All in contention. John Rahm was a fringe, fringe competitor over the weekend. But Matthew Fitzpatrick was two down to defending champion Jordan Spieth on the back nine. Got it tied up. The game, the game. The match went to extra holes, and on the third playoff hole, Fitzpatrick knocked it to about two feet on the beautiful 18th hole at Hilton Head with the lighthouse in the background. Fitzpatrick would make birdie to defeat Jordan Spieth to win the RBC Heritage. For Fitzpatrick, his second PGA Tour win, his first was the U.S. Open at Brookline last year, the same course where he won the USAM. This time around, Fitzpatrick and his family spent many a weekends on vacation at Hilton Head going to this golf tournament and playing this golf course. And what happens? He wins his second PGA Tour title on a place he was very familiar with, just like at the U.S. Open last summer. So, Matthew Fitzpatrick, now a two-time winner on the PGA Tour and bags a big one, a designated event on the PGA Tour the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head. Number one. And the number one winner of the weekend, let's give it to the Chicago Cubs. A team that's supposed to finish third in the NL Central this year. They're trying to say, so far this year, we're better than that. The Cubs are eight and six. And Chicago took care of business out in Chavez Ravine taking on the Dodgers. The Cubs took two out of three from Los Angeles, and nearly swept the series. Now, the Dodgers aren't the Dodgers of the last four or five years. They appear to be cutting back on a little bit of spending because a gentleman across the city named Shohei Otani is going to be a free agent after this season. So, yeah, the Dodgers may not be flexing their muscles right now, but still a high-end team in the National League. And the Cubbies took two out of three. Justin Steele, man, he is as good as anybody right now in the National League since the All-Star break last year. This kid has been fantastic. The lefty has added a slider to his arsenal since he was a member of the South Bend Cubs seven or eight years ago. Totally different pitcher. He's a Mississippi kid that loves his Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, Justin. And you're rolling right now. Another great outing on Friday. 
and the Stroman Steel top of the ticket is pretty doggone good for Chicago. The worst of the weekend, Cody Bellinger grew up a Dodger fan, got to play for the Dodgers, won an MVP, struggled the last couple of years, signed by the Cubs as a free agent. They just went out on a whim and grabbed him. He goes back to Dodger Stadium, gets a standing ovation. He acknowledges the fans and his reward, a clock violation. He was not ready in the batter's box on time. I love the pitch clock. It's done wonders for the game. But there needs to be the old 901C, I think. My good friend John Thompson taught me many years ago. 901C in the rule book is, eh, it's not in the rule book. Figure it out. Make something up. In this case, we need to have some common sense. If a guy's getting an ovation, coming back to a place, let him be honored. Maybe catchers should learn to do what Yadier Molina of the Cardinals has done for years. He would stand out in front of home plate and allow the batter to be cheered for, recognized by the fans. That way, the batter's not ready, the catcher's not ready, so... I guess both get a violation. The count, I assume, is going to be 0-0. I don't think it'll be 1-1. I don't think. Well, who knows? Maybe they would do that if they want to keep the pace going. But anyway, the point is we got to figure out a way in these instances to let common sense take over. That's the My 5 on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. Coming up next, we got a little sizzler, some sports wagering talk to get to. It's a little NHL heavy tonight, considering the Stanley Cup playoffs start this evening. We'll get to that coming up in a moment on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 